Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. So we've been looking at the Philippian church, the book of Philippians, and whenever the Philippians or the Macedonians are mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. The title of the series has been Overflowing Joy, and I want to sum it up today and try and bring it to a close. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to do a couple of things today. Number one, I'm going to summarize what we've learned so far. I'm secondly going to talk about the hindrances or the blockages that stop us experiencing joy. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about the key to joy in your life. You know, if you look up on the internet, how do I find happiness or joy? There are many talks about it, many experts, many people's opinions. And we believe that the Bible and especially Jesus have the answers. That verse I've just read says that in your presence is fullness of joy. And this was the first thing we learned in the sermon series was that it was God's presence that brought joy. I don't know if you remember, but in the first week we spoke about Paul going into Philippi with Silas and Timothy and they were put in jail and then they were released from jail even though they were in stocks and chains and beaten backs. They were praising God. Joy was bursting out of them and the jailer got saved. Do you remember then in Acts chapter 16? And it ends off by saying, and there was great rejoicing in his household. The first thing we've learned and which has run through this whole series is that in God's presence is where joy is. Joy is not found elsewhere. Joy is not found outside. Joy is not found in all the other areas of the world where we seek joy. Joy is found in God. He is the author. He is the source. He is the authentic joy. And any good thing, James chapter 1 says, every good and perfect thing in this world comes from Him, the Father of lights. He is the source of joy. That was the first thing that we learned. Joy comes from God, from having Him in your heart, from being at peace with Him, from knowing that I'm forgiven. God loves me. I can talk to Him and He's smiling at me. He's not angry with me. He fills me with joy. The Bible says in Galatians 5, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. Joy. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from God and it's inside of us. We don't look elsewhere. That was the first thing we learned. The second thing we learned is that joy comes from being involved in a mission that is a great and important mission. Have you ever heard of George Bernard Shaw? He was a playwright, Irish playwright, very famous man, not a believer. But even non-believers can say wise things. And he said this, this is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being thoroughly worn out before you are thrown on the scrap heap, 
being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. This is the true joy in life, to be used for something bigger than yourself. And that's what we saw in many of the talks in this series. We've seen that the Philippians got joy by being wrapped up, caught up in a mission that was not selfish. It was for others. And it was God's mission. And that is a really important key in finding joy. So it comes from God, from His presence, from His forgiveness, His love, His power in us. It comes from being involved in a mission. And then lastly, joy comes from being joined to other people in that mission. And we've seen that throughout the book of Philippians. He talks about partnership, fellowship. He talks about being yoked together. The idea of being yoked is that oxen get a piece of wood put across their shoulders and they are yoked with other oxen pulling in a direction for a mission. And Jesus said, if you are weary and heavy laden, be yoked with me. And that also means be yoked with other believers, be joined with other Christians in a mission. Joy comes, the third way is from being joined with other people. And again and again in the book of Philippians, he talks about um, be of the same mind. Don't disagree with each other. Prefer other people. Get over your grievances and complaints and problems. Work together. Be of the same purpose together. Be united. Partnership, fellowship, being yoked. My loyal yoke fellow, he writes in Philippians 4 to one of his friends there. Three, re three ways that joy comes. Now I'm going to do the second part of my talk. What stops us from finding joy? Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13 says this. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the true fountain of living waters, and they have hewn, that means dug, themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. You know, in the UK for the last few weeks, we've had such hot weather that they are declaring it a drought. I laugh because I come from Africa and this is not a drought. <laughs> this is not a drought. We've seen real droughts in Africa where there is just no water, there's no moisture, and people dig to try and find water and there's none. And in Jeremiah chapter 2, he says, My people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, the fountain of life and joy and refreshing and peace. They've forsaken this amazing overflowing fountain and then they've tried to dig their own called drugs working hard getting social status getting people to like me having sex with lots of people uh, all these different ways of digging to try and find the joy and you know what christians are not immune to this i know people who have believed in jesus who have this living water inside of them this fountain of joy, but because they're not dipping into the fountain, they're still looking in other places. And so they're not experiencing the joy. 
And the, the amazing message of the Bible is that your mind, and I'm going to speak about this a lot today, the middle of you, your mind and your heart can decide, am I going to look outside at these other man-made systems for my joy, or am I going to look inside at God for my joy? And you can choose. And unfortunately, we can be looking on the outside like Christians, but we're still finding our joy and our strength and our peace from worldly things, and they never satisfy and so you see a Christian fall and you say, what happened to him? What happened to her? Why did they go off the rails? They looked like they were so strong in Christ. And the reason is they were looking for their joy in all the wrong places. And now the meat of my talk. And this I'm going to show you some slides. Let's put up the first slide. The answer is to work from the inside out. You have three parts of your body, your spirit, your soul, and your body. I wonder if this is news to you. Your spirit, let's go to the second slide. Your spirit is the part on the inside of you that relates to God. God put your spirit in you. Your spirit will live on after your body is gone and decayed. Your spirit is the real you. Your spirit is eternal and important. Your spirit is you. And that's on the inside of you. The problem is, you can't see my spirit. You can only see my earth suit, my body, the outside of me. And so you may judge me on my earth suit and think that I am a certain way, but actually on the inside, the real me is different. Your spirit lives eternally. John 4 verse 24, Jesus is talking to a woman and he says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. It's not about flesh. 1 Corinthians 15 50 says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Your spirit is the key. Your body is what relates to the world. That's your five senses and and you know all those things around you your what people see and how you relate to the world and, and sense and and interact with the world and then your soul in the middle of you is made up of three parts your mind your will and your emotions your mind is what thinks your will is what decides your emotions are what feel and that is this fluid area between the two where sometimes your soul is looking at the body for joy and for information and sometimes your soul is looking at your spirit where God lives and depending on where your soul is facing that determines how much joy you have in life. So let's go to the third slide. When you are a believer your spirit is full of God. Do you remember we said that there is joy in the presence of the Lord? When you are a believer, your spirit gets full, drenched, completely taken over by the Holy Spirit. In fact, 1 Corinthians 66 verse 17 says, if you're a believer, your spirit and God's spirit become the same thing. If you're a believer, your spirit looks like Jesus. It's not a hybrid. It's not being changed to be like Jesus, it is as pure and perfect as it could ever be. It is completely saved. There are so many verses that say this. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's your spirit, brand new. 
2 Corinthians 5.21 says, We have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's pure. It's powerful. It's joyful. It's full of God's life and strength. There are so many verses that talk about what your spirit is like, but I want you to see it's a fountain full of God's joy. If you're a believer, your spirit looks like Jesus. But now the bad news. <laughs> the next slide. Your body doesn't. That's not my best profile picture, by the way. <laughs> your body relates to the world and it doesn't look like Jesus. Your body has been used to sinning and relating to the world around you for your whole life and so you get saved and the Bible says if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation and you look at your body and you say you know what I had pimples before I became a Christian I've still got pimples after my body's not a new creation it's the same old body I still got weird gray hairs popping out all over the weird places in my body. What's going on? I, I thought I was a believer. The Bible says I'm a new creation. All things are made new. My body's not new. Your body is still unsaved. But then, the middle bit. This is the next slide. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are being saved. Now that is my best profile picture that moment. <laughs> You're becoming more like Jesus. Okay, let's go to the last slide there, please. Ma. Now this is it. Do you remember I, I read to you last week, Philippians 2 verse 12 and 13. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Where is God working in you? That word working is energeo, which means powerful working. God is working in your spirit. In your spirit, there is God. It looks just like Jesus and God is working powerfully to make you want to do and able to do the things that give him pleasure. Another word for pleasure is joy. There is joy bubbling up in your spirit right now. Now you're sitting there and when I say you're sitting there, your body is sitting there, yes, but more importantly, your mind, your will and your emotions are sitting there. And this is the way that we normally work as human beings. This is the way we've been trained to operate since we were little children. I'm, I'm going to tell you what happens. We sit there and the temperature is rather warm. And our body senses, the senses in our, in our skin are telling us it's warm. And then my eyes see somebody and they didn't greet me when I came in. And that information is going in. And then I start thinking about what I've got to do this week at work. And I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about the world and that information is going in. And all of these things are starting to affect my mind, my will and my emotions, but especially my emotions. And because we are normal fleshly human beings, we operate from the outside in. 
Whatever information comes into our physical senses, whatever the world around us says, whatever people think about us or say about us or do to us, it comes in from the outside and my emotions get affected. You say to me, Greg, is that wrong that my emotions are affected? Is it wrong that I get upset when she doesn't greet me today? No, it's not wrong. It's normal. Is it wrong that I'm sad because I've been given a bad diagnosis from the doctor? No, that's not wrong. That's normal. But that's information coming from the outside in and my emotions start to get affected. And I start to have negative emotions, anger, bitterness, fear, dread, panic, hate, lust, pain, all of these things coming in from the outside. The problem is we have been trained to be outside in people. And so when the evidence comes in from my senses and it affects my emotions, I allow that to tell my mind and my will what's true. And then I decide that is it. I feel angry today. I feel in pain today. I feel hopeless, I feel fearful, therefore I am hopeful because the evidence has said it, my emotions have confirmed it, therefore it must be true. And you've got thousands of us humans walking around thinking that if I feel it, it's true. <laughs> I don't know if you even know what I'm saying. I know it's true because I've, I've lived like this and I still do at times. You know that song by Wet Wet Wet? I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. You know I love you, I always will. My mind's made up by the way that I feel. Do you remember that song? That is the cry of the unsaved human being. I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. My mind's made up by the way that I feel. My emotions tell me who I am and what I feel and there's nothing I can do about it. If I feel lustful, I am lustful. If I feel angry, I am angry. If I feel hurt, I am hurt. And I want to tell you, there is a greater way of living. And it's called inside out. You see, if you reverse that diagram, if you turn it upside down and you say, the truth is not what my five senses say. The truth is what God has put in my spirit. Instead of using your soul to look outwards for evidence of what's real and what's true you look inwards and when you look inwards the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control i've got all the power of god in me god is working in me to will and to do according to his pleasure and suddenly I look inside and I'm still sitting with this physical body in that seat and those people are still talking about me that way and I'm still having all these experiences but I choose to turn the face of my soul from looking outwards to looking inwards and I say, God, what are you doing in me? And he says, I love you. I've forgiven you. I've got a purpose for you. Look at my power available to you, my healing, my purpose for your life, the, the words and the messages God is giving me, his forgiveness, his peace, all of this flows up like a fountain from inside. And what happens is instead of going emotions will mind, my mind understands what God says about me. My will decides 
That is who I really am. And I'm going to tell you the great news. My emotions follow along. My emotions follow along. And that is why in Philippians, Paul can say things like this. Let me read you a few of the things he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord. How can he command me to rejoice? How can he? It's like saying, be happy. Come on, just be happy. You see, we see that as so crazy because we're so used to saying, I don't feel happy, therefore I'm not happy. And he says, you can because of what's in you. God is working according to his good joy and pleasure inside of you. Therefore, you can rejoice. How? By looking inwards and letting it work itself out. Rejoice in the Lord, he says. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. How can I rejoice always? What about if I lose my job? What if I'm diagnosed with a sickness? What if my wife leaves me? What if I get run over by a car? How can I rejoice? Paul says in Philippians 4, I have learned the secret of being content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Now, I need to press this home. Christian, stop sitting there and thinking, yes, I've heard this before. Stop sitting there and thinking, wow, that's a lovely, interesting theological idea. Are you affected by your circumstances? Does your joy go up and down based on what's happening outside of you? Because if it does, you are not living from the inside out. And it's time for us to start deciding using our will and our mind to say what God says on the inside is true and I'm going to let that affect my emotions. Rejoicing, happiness, joy is a choice. I choose to be happy, but it's not based on just wishful thinking. It's based on what God has said He's done on the inside of me. And I can testify when you do that, the joy bubbles out. I... I could tell you a whole lot of bad things that have happened to me, but I won't because I want to tell you that the joy of the Lord is constant and in fact greater when there's bad stuff coming from the outside. You see his joy overcoming that stuff from the inside and you become an overcomer. You become able to do all things. Listen to a few of these verses that Paul tells them to do, which would be impossible if we were guided by our feelings and by the outside evidence. He says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining and disputing. But I feel like complaining. But bad stuff's happening. But the injustice is happening. But that person's horrible. I want to complain. How can I not complain all the time? How can I not dispute all the time? Ah, because of the joy and the peace that's bubbling up from inside of me. He says, just as I've told you to obey when I was with you, I'm telling you to obey now. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How can he tell them to just obey? Because it's the powers within them. He 
He tells them to think differently. Listen to this one. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, let your mind not look outwards at the bad stuff. Let your mind look at the good stuff that God has put inside of you. Think of God. Think of what He's doing. Think of your heavenly citizenship. Let this mind of Christ be in you. Meditate on these things. And what happens is the power that's inside comes gushing through. And it affects your emotions. And it affects your body and the world around you. And then lastly, how could He command this to them? Unless it's an inside-out Christianity. Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Be anxious for nothing. And my flesh and my emotions just start to whine when I read those verses. They say, you don't have a clue, Greg. You don't have a clue about the, the potential problems that are coming up. You don't have a clue about the shortfalls in my money, about the medical diagnosis, about the problems that I'm having at work. You don't know anything about these emotions, this panic, this fear, this worry that's churning inside. How can you tell me to be anxious for nothing? It's simple. You look inside. And he goes on to say, in everything, by prayer, that means just talking to God, just telling Him what's going on. Supplication, that means asking Him for things. With thanksgiving, I love this one. God, thank you that I've got that medical diagnosis because it's an opportunity for you to show your power. With thanksgiving, we praise Him and He floods in to the situation. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It's flooding out and my heart and my mind get changed because I've chosen to look inwards and not outwards. There's one more verse that I want us to look at. It's in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. It's talking about money, but I'm not going to apply it to money. I'm going to apply it to every area of our Christian life. He says, so let each one give. Or let's, let's say give, but it could be praise. It could be thank God. It could be obey God. It could be rejoice. It could be anything. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. How is that possible? I'm going to show you that that verse is saying live inside out. It says purpose. In other words, say out of my mind, my will and my emotions, my mind has informed me of God's truth. Now I'm purposing. I'm choosing my will to decide which way I turn. And I choose God's way. Therefore I give or I rejoice, or I obey, or I praise, as I purposed, as I've decided, not grudgingly, in other words, not letting my emotions overrule, not of necessity, not because there's this clamoring pressure from people or circumstances outside, no, because I purposed, 
and the result is cheerfulness. He says if you purpose to do what God wants, the result is your emotions follow suit. So, what am I saying today? You can change your emotions if you realize the power that's inside of you and the power of your mind and your will to override your emotions. I've used this illustration before, but your mind, your will, and your emotions are like mom and dad and baby Jojo in the back seat of the car. You're driving along on a hot day. You're going to Alton Towers Resort, and mom and dad are the mind and the will the thinking and the deciding part. I'm not going to say which one is which. I'll leave that up to your family to decide. <laughs> mum and dad are sitting in the front seat. Let's just say mum's the, the mind. Mum says, you know what? It's, it's really, there's going to be long queues. Let's take this other route and let's go this way. It's going to be a little bit longer, but it'll help us get to the parking and we'll be, we'll be able to get in on time. And the will is dad behind the wheel and he says yes and he indicates and he starts turning. And then little baby Jojo goes That's your emotions. I'm hot. I'm thirsty. I'm uncomfortable. I want to play with my little toy bear. I want mommy to hold me. I want to look out the window. I want to go that way. I want to go this way. Your emotions scream at you. But will and mind join together and they say, we know what's right. Jojo, we love you. We're not horrible to you, but we're doing what we know is best. And at the end of the day, Jojo is as happy as anything because he got a lovely day at the resort. And if we did everything the baby wanted, we would never get where we were supposed to be. Friend, if you let your emotions rule your life, you will never get anywhere. If you live from the outside in, you will be a baby, fruitless Christian for your whole life. If you're always worried and fearful and complaining and saying, why is life not good to me? It's because you're looking outside in. You're looking for evidence outside or for your emotions to tell you what's true. And you need to say, look what God has put inside of me. Let it flood out of me. Last illustration. True story. There were some people stranded in a little lifeboat off the coast of South America, several miles off the coast of South America. Their ship had sunk and they were in a little lifeboat. There were two of them and they were desperately thirsty. They'd been days without water. They knew that the seawater was salty and so it would cause them to be sick or die or go crazy if they drank it. And they were just floating along, praying to God, God send rescue. God send rescue. We're dying of thirst. And a large fishing ship drove past. And he said, what's wrong? And the guy's parched voice said, please give us some water. And the man in the fishing boat said, you don't realize where you are. You're off the coast of the mouth of the Amazon River. And the fresh water from the Amazon River pushes out into the sea with such force that the water is fresh even 20, 30 miles offshore and you could have been drinking the water right next to you. Just put your hand in and drink it up. Christian, you're looking outwards. You're looking at your emotions. You're saying, I'm dry. I'm lacking joy. I'm lacking purpose. I'm lacking life. And God says, the water that you need 
is right there inside of you. It is so close. You just need to turn your face, your attention, your will and your mind from the outside to the in. And the water will gush out. Father God, I pray for joy for us, Lord. I pray for overflowing joy. Father, not human thinking joy, not human outside activity joy. Your joy that satisfies, that's overflowing. I pray that we would take hold of this joy, that it would change our lives forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship, folks. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.